This is Books and Nachos, a podcast for those of us who find excitement in the pages of a good book. Fiction and nonfiction, graphic novels, and more. We're here to help you find something great to read. Hello and welcome to Books and Nachos, the Venganza Media podcast about all things in print. I have been your host and continue to be your host, Stuart in L.A. We've reached the end, folks. We're at the adjustment team, the source material for the new Matt Damon movie, The Adjustment Bureau. We'll be reviewing the movie over at Now Playing. We're reading Philip K. Dick's original 23-page source material here today on Books and Nachos. And I got to say, this has been a fun ride, and I'm really curious to see what this movie is going to be. I don't know much about the movie, and having read this story, my general sense is that it's probably going to be quite a bit different because it's fairly self-contained. Like Golden Man, the previous Philip K. Dick entry that became next, this one was in the public domain. They allowed the copyright to run out, so I think the reason why they have this is because it was cheap, and I suspect that they're cashing in on Philip K. Dick's name, his cred, his cred as a brilliant science fiction writer. Whether this one is the one that they wanted to make it, it may be a sense of where they, they don't want to make this story at all, but they wanted to use the name of Philip K. Dick and they wanted to use the adjustment name. The only thing that makes me hopeful that they're going to try and honor the original source material in ways that Next didn't is that Philip K. Dick's daughter is credited as an executive producer. So someone, somewhere down the line, and probably involving some lawyers, decided to do the right thing and to pay Philip K. Dick's estate a little bit for contributing to the source material and the ideas that they're working with. But I got to say, when I read this 23-page story, I did not see Matt Damon running around in a 1940s clothing in New York. And since that's all I really know about the movie from the preview, I'm curious to see how much of it has changed and how much of this was just the idea that we can take uh, popular source material for cheap. This is one of those stories that's always kind of fun. Uh, it, it's one of the ones that uh, that alleges that the universe runs by an unseen owner, whether it be the Illuminati or, you know, we've seen these stories with Dark City where these bald vampire men flying around, Truman Show where the guy finds out his whole life is a, a television show. That might be my favorite of the genre, but the whole idea, the Matrix, you know, the whole idea that what we see is reality isn't so. And when you peel back the layers, when you peel back, when you see underneath the fabric of time and space, as the main character puts it here, you realize you're really a pawn that's manipulated. And and this story is all about the moment in which one of the pawns discovers how he's being utilized. His name is Ed Fletcher, and he's a real estate agent who ends up being late for work. And that that's all that needs to happen for him to not be in the place that he's supposed to be and to witness the work of the adjustment team, which is a squadron of men in white coats who have these vacuum cleaner things and <laughs> hoses and they, they run around and literally de-energize everything in a certain sector. And I'm not sure what defines a sector, but it, 
well, let's, let's just say your neighborhood. Your whole neighborhood is going to freeze and be de-energized, and this adjustment team could come in and manipulate anything that they want to, from the color of your wallpaper to the shape of your nose. Everything becomes manipulated sand, and they can use these vacuum cleaners to break it down and change it as it sees fit, because this adjustment team works for the old man, God, for lack of a better word, the guy who's got all the plans, who needs for everything to happen a certain way, and he knows that manipulating small details can end up changing the world. And so when things need to be adjusted, when things are off course from happening as they should, this adjustment team freezes their area and de-energizes the surroundings and changes it so that what should be will happen. But because Ed Fletcher did not arrive at work at a certain time, he would, did not get frozen, and he comes in late to witness this all happening. One of the things that's kind of funny is the way that Philip K. Dick plays with causality. Normally, we think of dogs barking because they see someone coming. But here, it's the opposite. When a dog barks determines who is going to show up. <laughs> and we find out that there's this little clerk that also works in the adjustment team at the very beginning of the story who's begging a dog that he calls a summoner to be prompt in his bark. Because if he barks at 8.15 in the morning, that means a friend of Ed Fletcher is going to show up at his door and drive him into work and he's going to get on time. And that's what needs to happen. But if he's late and the dog is late, he ends up going back to sleep and barking at 8.16. One minute later, it brings a life insurance agent to Ed Fletcher's door, and he ends up talking to him for an hour and buying a $10,000 policy, which I just thought was crazy. But you know what? Back in the 1950s when this was written, door-to-door salesmen were much more common. I mean, I can't imagine me being receptive to an insurance salesman that showed up at my door wanting me to buy $10,000 of life insurance. But this is what happens, and this is what causes Ed Fletcher to be late for work. Uh, it's it's a funny idea, the idea that dogs control us. You know, we're the masters, but they're really the masters, or they have more control. It's a funny idea. My problem with this story is it's all conceptual. It's all high concept, as Hollywood call it. It's funny to think about a world that's manipulated by dogs and adjustment teams and what have you, but where is the story? Once this ruse is discovered and once fabric of reality has been pulled back, what are we going to do? And the answer is not too much. Ed ends up running back to his wife and telling him what's going on. She thinks he's having a mental breakdown. She urges him to go back to work. He finds that when he gets there, everything has been subtly changed and nobody notices. And most notably, his angry boss's face has been manipulated to look younger and it freaks him out. And he's eventually called before the old man, the guy figure and explained about the butterfly effect, which is essentially what we're talking about. They don't use that term. I think that's a more modern term. That's the the whole idea of Lao Tzu talking about a butterfly flaps his wings and it rains somewhere. I'm, the chain of events that appear to be random and not disconnected actually having great impact. And so what the old man lays out for Fletcher is that by changing his boss's face to look younger, he will <laughs> follow me here 
behavior. He will behave as a younger man, make a young man's rash decision to clear a Canadian forest, which will reveal an artifact, which will bring archaeologists from, and scientists from all over the world who will form relationships in countries that have hostile relations. And essentially, that network of scientists is going to bring down the Cold War. Yes, yet another Philip K. Dick story obsessed with the Cold War and the Soviets and what have you. Boy, that theme. I guess there's just no way of getting away from it if you're writing short fiction that's appealing to people in the 1950s. You're dealing with the Red Scare. You're dealing with communism. It's It just was the defining battle of that era, of that decade, and for decades to come, really. So I, I'll give Philip K. Dick that, but I'm tired of reading this story. And it it seems rather small now, now that we're 20 years away from that, the end of the Cold War, to feel like that was really that important. But regardless, this was God's plan, and he manipulated the adjustment team, or he had the adjustment team manipulate the sector so that it would ensure that such a moment could occur down in the future. And then there's kind of a, a really stupid ending where he goes home to his wife, and she thinks he might have been unfaithful, and that this whole thing was covering up an infant fidelity and then the dog in the background we hear it bark and a vacuum cleaner salesman shows up and distracts her and the whole matter is forgotten and everything is right the adjustment has taken and even though they could have erased Fletcher's mind which would have been a whole lot easier than allowing him to try and convince everyone that he doesn't know what he knows after he ran away from the office we don't want that because we the audience don't want to forget either no one wants to have their memory wiped as much as that seems to happen in Philip K. Dick's stories. We always want to know as much as we can know. And if that means being smarter than the people around us or knowing crueler or stranger truths than the people around us, so be it. That's what we want to know. That's what we demand. And so classically, Philip K. Dick allows his protagonist to have insight on the adjustment team and God's plan. Well, that's about it. Like I said, I don't see a whole lot here that's movie. It's a setup for a movie. And looking at the trailers, we know that it's going to be a romance and and probably the adjustment team is going to be trying to impair Matt Damon from getting together with Emily Blunt, that they can anticipate that that relationship will actually end up blooming into something negative or something against their plan. So that could be interesting. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a romance in which, sure, Romeo and Juliet weren't supposed to get together for whatever reasons, but I don't think that we've ever seen a relationship deemed unhealthy by God. <laughs> so if that's indeed what they've made, I'm, I'm intrigued to see the film, and I hope you join me over at Now Playing to hear what we think of the Adjustment Bureau. They've, they've adjusted the name. It's not the Adjustment Team, uh, like it's called in the story. It's the Adjustment Bureau. But for now, we're done here at Books and Nachos. I know that they are working on other Philip K. Dick adaptations next year. Disney is talking about releasing King of the Elves, which was a short story, um, fantasy, pure fantasy, um, uh, elves and trolls and that kind of stuff. And uh, I know they're also talking about rebooting Total Recall, and that could be interesting. They've optioned a 
complicated to say novel called Flow My Tears, The Policeman Said. So there could be more Philip K. Dix in the in the work. In fact, I'm sure I feel like the character in Paycheck. I don't know where my future is headed, but I am sure that Philip K. Dick will be there. I'm sure that there will be more Hollywood adaptations because we're living in a Philip K. Dick world. And thanks for sharing it with me. Keep reading and I'll see you guys later. Thank you for listening to Books and Nachos. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can catch back episodes at our website, booksandnachos.com. The music for Books and Nachos is The Right Prescription by Chai Weapon, which can be downloaded at podsafeaudio.com. Books and Nachos is copyright 2010, Venganza Media Incorporated.